Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five-star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another hour of Q&A with the Legal Queen. So let's kick off. There is a lot of hands up already. So without further ado, Sarah, Sarah, let me come to you. Um, what's your question? Hi, uh, um, I've got, um, so I think I need to go back to court for something. And there are three things, and I'm not sure if they're linked, uh, so I just wanted to run them by you. Um, so I'll go through them quickly. So final hearing was in June for the child arrangements order. Yeah. A part of that, he agreed to do something um, to provide um, information about our child, specific information after visit. And he's no longer doing that whilst telling me that I also need to do that, which isn't part of the order. Um, so he's not following the order, basically. Um, another thing is that at the final hearing, I put forward um, what I wanted a parental agreement, a parental agreement to look like. Yeah. He said, haven't had time to look at it. Um, so the judge said, okay, fine, and urged um, my ex partner to make it to come to an agreement within 21 days. So part of that agreement was me asking him to pay for pay towards school uniform and things for school school fees. Okay. Um, I, I know that a lot of that might come under like child maintenance and things like that, but we have a disabled child, so I'm only asking for things that are beyond the basics of a typical child. Sure. Um uh so after 21 days I emailed him said what do you want to do? He said, about what? We send it to me again. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then has not agreed. And he's refusing, refusing anything. This wasn't part of the order, though. The judge just said, please come to an agreement within 21 days. But it wasn't written anywhere. Yeah. And then the third thing is, I think, what might be separate, maybe, is that historically he hasn't, he either hasn't paid child maintenance or he's paid part of child maintenance. And I've made a note of what he's paid and what he should have paid. Um, and I've got evidence in terms of him messaging me saying what his annual income is, blah, blah, blah. So there is about £5,000 being owed overall. So I'm thinking I need to go to court for some of this stuff. I don't know if I can do it all in one go. Do I bother? I think, I think Sarah, <laughs> it, it, so nothing's actually in the child arrangements order um, with regard to finances. Is that right? No. Yeah. Okay. So, the, the, so there's nothing there then to enforce. 
And if what you're talking about falls firmly under the umbrella of child maintenance, the family court won't deal with it. I think I think that that's the issue that we have. Um, if if we can if we can satisfy the court, the family court, that actually it falls outside of child maintenance and falls into some sort of periodical payments for children, then you can take it to court. But it would be under a financial application that would only succeed if you and him were married. Yeah, so, we were. Yeah. OK, yeah. that's fine. Um, so it would need to form part of any sort of financial settlement as part of the divorce. So I think that... Well, we, we uh, during the divorce... He, this, our child wasn't even one. Um, he just said that he paid child maintenance and we sorted out the money. Obviously, at that point, we didn't know that he would have significant needs and I've had to stop my very well-paid career to be a carer. Um, so things have changed quite a lot, but we already I guess, agreed the financial part of the divorce section, if, you know, if that makes sense. I, it does make sense. So if there's already a financial order in place, then what you may be seeking is a variation to that financial order based on an exceptional change in circumstance. So that's where you'd have to take the advice. But the, okay. The, okay. The, the first thing to determine, Sarah, is is this uh, child maintenance or is it something that actually falls under the family court umbrella? And I think you would need to take some advice on that part. Okay. All right. Thank All right. you. Not a problem. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks Bye. Thanks so much. Thanks. Take care. Uh, Marianne, you are next up. Whenever you're ready, ask me your question. Hello. Hello. How can I help? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah sorry. Sorry, my size just. What's your question, Marianne? How can I help you? Uh, hello. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. I was just. I'm going to ask something. So basically, um, I think I I asked something yesterday, but the police, um, were it's under domestic violence and um rape. So the my ex partner, um, is is not okay sorry from the beginning so basically i have my child with me we recently just um separated about two weeks ago and i'm scared that he's gonna um try and take my son away from me but he hasn't made any contact yet so the police are saying for me to be sure that he's not gonna take my son away from me it's good to um on top of a non-molestation applying for a non-molestation order i should apply for a child arrangements order but i've spoken to a solicitor um briefly just a 30 minute free um consultation and they said that there's no point for me to apply for a cao because the son my son lives with me i would just have to wait for my ex to apply for that mm -hmm. so that um because yeah they, they just said there's no point because my son lives with me it's it should be him that applies for it but i just need a document to just to say that my son officially lives with me so that he couldn't try and take him away from me because as of now we both have parental responsibility and if he takes my son away from me i i can only get him back if i apply through course or i want to apply through court before he does anything but the solicitor said that that's not like there's no point of applying for it so is that correct would it be so i think marianne i answered your question yesterday and the guidance that yeah. i gave you was to apply to the court for what we call a prohibited steps order so a prohibited steps NSA, order. oh yeah yeah so, so yeah that, but when that... i was um filling out the form i was told that there's no point to apply for one because my son lives with me anyway so is that correct uh, no, that because that's about a child arrangements order. Um, 
a prohibited steps order is, is slightly different to that. It will prevent him from removing the child from you without your permission mm -hmm. or further order of the court if you think that yeah. he will do that. Okay? Yeah, I did tell them that, but they she did say that it ha she he, I ha I have to have in my witness statement instances that he actually tried to take away my child from me, but I don't have any yet. She said, oh, I have to wait for him to do something before I can actually apply for that. Is that correct? My suggestion, Marianne, is apply for your prohibited steps order. Fill out the C-100, apply for the PSO, you'll get a hearing date. All right? Okay, yeah. Thank okay. you. Thanks. Bye. GBR, um, you are up next. What's your question? Hi, Tracy. Hello. Um, so basically, um, I have, have a court hearing on the 5th of October. However, um, I've just had an email from the, the court to say it's been moved forward to next Tuesday. Okay. Um, the thing is, um, CAFCAST haven't even um, done their Section 7 report yet, so... Can this hearing still go ahead? Yeah, I mean, you, you probably need to let the court know that the hearing might not be um, fruitful if we don't have a Section 7 report. Is it a fahedra? Is that what you're going to next week? Or is it a direct... What kind of hearing is it, is what I'm asking? Um, it's it's a FDR, is that correct? Um, an, an, F, an FDR, that, that's for finances. Is it, I think it's a fahedra, an, an FHDRA. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah that's okay. the one. Yeah. yeah, so it may be that actually you need the Section 7 report. So I think what might have happened is the court, you know, the listings office in the court aren't always aligned with what the case needs. So they might just have listed yeah. it because they've got judicial availability and not realise you need that Section 7. Um, the, the thing is, um, CAFCAS have allocated us a worker but only four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, they had asked for an extension and um, the solicitor, his solicitor, sorry, have been like urging the court not to have the extension by CAFCAS, which is now why the hearing's been moved forward. OK. Do you think there is anything that could be achieved at the hearing without the CAFCAS report? No, not at all. <laughs> OK. Well, then you need to let the court know of that. Now, when you're asking for a hearing to be adjourned, chances are the court's going to want the other side to agree with that. If the other side right. aren't in agreement, then you may still have to attend. But that's okay because right. you can simply attend to say, I did ask for an adjournment because we, as I, as you see it, that the matter can't be progressed without that section seven. All the I'm just a bit worried because I'm, I'm representing myself and yeah. he has a barrister and a solicitor representing him. So I'm, I'm just a bit worried. Don't be worried though, because if the court's ordered a section seven, they're going to want to see the results of that section seven before moving forward. So there might be some interim okay. things that they can agree or that, you know, some interim directions that might be approved. But overall, if the court's ordered a Section 7, it's going to want to see that. OK, thank you so much, Tracy. Pleasure. No problem. Bye. Bye. Um, Faith, you are next up. How can I help? Hello. Um, so I'm currently going through um, uh, court, court range. We're currently going for a child arrangements order. Um due to with our 12-week-old baby. When she was three weeks old, my ex-partner, he had a breakdown and it came down, it came it came to light in court that it was due to drug abuse and alcohol abuse. Um, so we've got a Section 7. We've been ordered to do a Section 7 now. Um, I just wondered, like, what the typical kind of child arrangement is with, with when drugs and alcohol are in, um, 
included because he wants to go for he wants 50 50. um in the interim the, the court has ordered that he has supervised contact um and i just want to know what really i would expect from from CAFCAS, like what sort of things i should ask or yeah. things i should say so uh, did you say faith the baby was 12 weeks old so 12 weeks old yeah, yeah. and when this happened when she was three weeks old so yeah. So, so I think that, that that's the first thing. Um, if a baby's 12 weeks old, there's every chance that the court's not going to be agreeing a shared care. Baby's far too young um, to, yeah. be, to be taken away from mother, particularly if you are breastfeeding the child. So that's yeah. the first thing. This, the CAFCAS report is going to recognise that. And I'm sure that the recommendation will be that until the child is significantly older, that dad have sort of small bite-sized chunks of contact. You know what I mean? Yeah. When when children are babies like that, it, it would never be more than maybe a couple of hours at a time. Yeah. Potentially, so, you know, two to three. But then but then on top of that, sorry, Faith, just before you jump in again, on top of that, they're going to be looking at the drugs and alcohol situation. Because yeah. if if there is a dependency that impacts on his ability to look after the child, then it will still be small chunks, but it may well be supervised. Yeah. So because um, obviously he was he was ordered in court to give like his his you know like his medical history and everything, um, and it's it's a long it's, it's I was oblivious to it. So since two thousand and seventeen, yeah. He's been on, off, and it's been like a pattern, you know, drug and alcohol abuse every every day. He needs help, and then he has a breakdown, and um, it's always um, by hanging. So um, it, it seems to be a pattern. So this is what I'm worried about: is is will they? Like, I don't, I, I don't really know what I, I need to put forward to Kafkas because what I'm worried about is it's all good and well saying I'm off drugs for three months. Yeah from his history you can see it's a pattern you know like yeah. he gets help yeah he gets help yeah and then he's back he, he relapses again you know yeah. and, um, and, and that that's all you need to tell them faith that's all you need to tell them the yeah. it, it's not the onus isn't on you to to you know prove that beyond doubt you're just going to share with them what the history of of this relationship has been like in your yeah. view what your concerns are with him having any sort of contact with the child um and of course if they have real concerns kafkas which i'm sure they will that one of their recommendations might be in addition to supervise that he take part in some hair strand drug and alcohol testing this is this was my next question so Basically, he took me to court because um, I wanted... Because I had my suspicions it was drugs that caused the breakdown. Yeah. Um, and when it happened, um, it, it was becoming a problem every day, him drinking. And I said, I just can't do this anymore because I had a 10-year-old as well. And she's aware of everything that's going on from a previous relationship. Yeah. Um, obviously, he didn't want to do the hair strand test. And he, he jumped the gun and said, I'm taking you to court, uh, blah, blah, blah. And... Then that's where it's come up. So he's now got to do a hair strand test in December, yeah. see if he's off the drugs. But I've been told I have to pay half. Have you been ordered uh, to pay half, Faith? Yeah, and I, I, I'm on minimum wage. I'm on maternity. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I, I said that my barrister said, um, you know, she, she, she can't afford it, and they said I have to pay half, and I'm physically, I, I can't. Did yeah. you, when the court made that order, did you let them know that you can't afford to pay? Because I mean, hair strand drug testing can be anything up to sort of eight, nine hundred pounds. 
So I know. Yeah. yeah, I told you... them. And this is what, um, like, I, I basically, we, we, we went to court twice because when I said I didn't want to be with him anymore, he took me to, we were supposed to be going on a family holiday to my family home in Spain. And he actually took me to court for an emergency court order for um, not to be able to leave the country with her even though he was supposed to be coming on that holiday. But, like, all this happened so fast. Yeah. At the time, I, I didn't... Ha it was on a Friday afternoon that I had the phone call to say I'm in court on Monday. I didn't have any time to sort out legal aid or anything like that or anything. I, I literally just rang a solicitor. So I've kind of been left, like, with... I've had to use this solicitor. And, like, I don't know if I'm entitled to any help or anything. So I literally am on maternity I, I'm literally on minimum wage so I'm kind of like stuck yeah I mean look at, at the end of the day Faith I think that when it comes to your, your question about CAFCAS I think we've covered that let them know exactly what your concerns are in terms of you paying for the hair strand drug testing if you can't afford it you can't afford it regardless of yeah. what the order says I mean you know you can't get yourself into debt for it um, and I shouldn't I shouldn't worry any more about that really um, and then you're just going to wait and see what the section 7 says Okay, but I have right. got just one more quick question. Do you mind? If... Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah. before all this, um, we were actually in the process of moving to Spain with our family, with my family. Um, but obviously, it's not. A, it's quite a long process at the moment, and because all this has happened so fast, I haven't had chance to kind of process everything. Now he knows my plan. I've got like it's all been lined up. If that was still our plan for us to like relocate with family should i let kafkas know now or because i know it'll need think, a proper yeah, court think, order yeah, it, it will need an order faith and if you know that dad's going to say no which chances are he may well do you need yeah. to get your application in and absolutely be, be very transparent with kafkas and get your application in you're going to want to make a relocation application okay yeah um, i know but, yeah but i know I, I just wanted to know when i should do it should i say now no. i like put my no. foot in there say... absolutely uh, uh, there's, there's no need to wait if, if you're going to spain then the, the the application for the relocation isn't going to be a quick fix it could take anything yeah, up that, to 12 yeah. months so yeah put it in okay. now all right okay lovely all right then Thanks, all right Faye. thank you okay bye nick nick you are up next how can i help hello can you hear me i can yeah oh, excellent um thank you so i've got two questions the first one is it's regarding financial remedy. Um, if there is sufficient equity in a family home to be split between husband and wife, yeah. but they have to move out a bit further um, from where they live currently, do you think judge would um, order to go out slightly and then split, uh, split the equity between both? Or do you think um judge would order to stay where the mother is um if um if there's no um need to be in that in that particular zone sorry nick can you i, I well, didn't understand your question sorry and um there's there's sufficient equity in the house in yeah. the family house yeah. to be between both wife and husband uh, to buy one be two bedroom flats uh, in june six but the wife is actually insisting to stay in Zone Three, despite the fact there's no, you know, there's no need uh, to be in ah, Zone Three, okay. so and she the, can, there's she a can... significant price yeah. difference between Zone Six and Three in London. Okay, I understand now. So effectively, a person is able to live where they want to live. Don't get me wrong. 
What's going to happen there is that the equity within the marriage is going to be looked at and both parties' housing needs have to be catered for, okay? So whilst right. we can't tell her where to live, if we've only got a limited amount of money in the pot, then obviously we're going to yeah. have to spread that around. So indirectly, right. it might mean that she has to move, okay? But uh, it's, it's not a case of she'll definitely have to move. We just have to have a look at how much money we've got and how we're going to spread that around. Sure. All right. And the second question is, yeah. um, if I can't afford to pay for the surveyor, because um, surveyor came back and they gave, gave us a ridiculous high price uh, and the surveyor was selected by her barrister, um, it's, it's almost like two grand uh, for, for doing a survey. And literally, I can't afford that. Um, I just wonder, you know, how I could do that. I mean, what well, I'm going to tell so the it judge. Depends, Nick, what they... the, it, what, it depends what the order says. So typically, orders will say that if the price of the full matrimonial home can't be agreed, that both parties yeah. will instruct a, you know, an agreed valuer or surveyor or whatever. So if the one that they've selected is out of your budget, then you would simply go to the other side and say, I can't afford that, so I'm not agreeing it. So, But it will depend right. on the wording in the order. Go to the order first and see how it's worded. But typically it will be that the parties will instruct a surveyor that can be agreed between them, OK? The, the, the way it's been, uh, it's been uh, worded in a sealed order is basically try to agree between both parties. If you, if you can't get the agreement, then... Uh, um, the applicant to give three three uh, companies to the respondent to, to choose one. But the ones she has given me, they're all based in central London. They're all super expensive, extremely expensive. So all you can say, um, Nick, Nick, just let them know that you can't afford it. I mean, you, you, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. it it's not really a legal, a legal dilemma. You would just let the other side know, thanks for providing me with those three. I'm going to be completely transparent. I can't afford the fees there. Could you please provide me with another three? Right, okay. All Thank right. you so much. Appreciate no it. problem. Okay, thanks, Nick. Bye. Steph, I'm going to come to you. People are having oh. a little bit of... De oh, there we go. Oh, Wendy, you're up there now. Let me just come to Steph first. Bear with me. <laughs> Steph, how can I help? Hello. Um, Hello. Mine's a bit of a, an odd one, I think. Um, I went to court back in 2016 uh, for, um, for for my son and, my, and with my ex-partner, and we had to agree the schools. Um, it's come back now that... Um, we have a disagreement about the secondary schools um, and my ex-partner wants to essentially change the whole substantive order to, uh, for an extra five minutes to his journey. Um, and I'm just wondering essentially what the court would, is the court likely to change a substantive order based on the fact that one party has to travel an extra five minutes to a secondary school? Or would that, that seem a bit of a waste of an application? Depends on the change, Steph. What's the fundamental change that he wants to the order? So basically at the moment I have um, Friday morning through to Tuesday morning. Yeah. Um, and he basically wants to swap it so that he has that and then I have the rest of the week. Um, but it, the, the, the order has been basically the same since 2016. Um, and he's, he's never had weekends with with his son. He, he didn't want them. 
so yeah so, so a, he's wanting to basically swap the days around okay so that, that's a fundamental change I, I i would suggest because it's not just a, a change around five minutes that's a that's a whole massive change to the order if it's been in place yeah. for the last seven years there's every chance that the court's going to sort of say well if you don't agree um, you being, you, you know, you, Steph, if you don't agree with it, then we'll just leave it as it is. Unless he's got a compelling reason why it should be changed. But chances are, if it's worked for six years, it's going to continue to work, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I thought. He's, he, he doesn't want to travel. I think I think he has to travel something like 15 minutes or so to his primary school at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it, the secondary school is an extra five minutes on. So it, for me, in my opinion, I, I thought it would be a complete waste of the court's time. Um, but he's 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 basically saying he doesn't want to do that. He wants him to go to a school literally on his doorstep, yeah. which is is not like it's not a, it's not like a it's not a, a school that his primary school would sort of filter into, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so and and when I've spoken to my son about what school he wants to go to, he he definitely doesn't want to go to this one that his dad suggested. Um, he wants to go to one obviously where his friends are going, which is understandable. Um, but he's he's. I've had a letter from his solicitors basically saying they wanted to, to change this. And I, I just I thought it'd be a complete waste of time, if I'm completely honest. Well, I think, Steph, um, you... So I, I totally get the question. Um, I think you just have to let the solicitors know, absolutely not. You're not in agreement to it. The ball's then back in his court. If he wants to make an application, he can. And I suspect that, you know, the hard work is definitely on him to convince the court to change an order that's been working for the last seven years. So hopefully that okay. gives you no. some reassurance. Yeah, right. no, that does. No, thank you very right. much, Tracy. That's really Pleasure. helpful. All right, Steph. Thanks for the question. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Wendy, thank you so much for waiting. I know it took you a little while to get up onto the stage. How can I help? Oh, hello. Can you hear me okay? I can, yeah. Oh, hi. Um, yeah. We're at a stage in our divorce now. Um, we've paid the £593 and we've just received... Um, a letter back from the courts to say that our divorce uh, we've got till January um, yeah. to sort the finances out. Um, we've sold the marital home. Uh, we're just waiting for completion on that. Um, I've instructed a solicitor, uh, but my husband's not yet aware of that. Um, but I've had conversations with him about how we, we proceed with everything now. Um, and he's refusing to get a solicitor. He said, we don't need a solicitor for anything at all. Um, we've been married for nearly 30 years and our children are grown up, so it's just me and himself. But he's refusing to get... He said he's not paying for a solicitor, and I just wondered what happens with that that so, side of it, because he's... Yeah, so so nothing will happen, really, Wendy. You don't need the solicitor for the divorce, as, as you well know. For the financial yeah. order, if you've got a solicitor, they will draft it for you. They will make sure that that order is fair and reasonable, because if it's not fair and reasonable, then the court won't make the order. So they'll definitely be casting an eye over it to make sure that it is fair. They will send it out to him to sign. I'm sure he'll sign it and send it in. As long as the court is satisfied that the order's fair and reasonable, and they'll know that from the information supplied on the D81, then they'll make your financial order. So, you know, he won't actually need a solicitor. So he doesn't need one, does he not? Not really, no. Is it, if, he agrees, if he agrees with everything? Well, it's more so if the order is fair and reasonable, um, rather than him agreeing. It's, it's if the order is fair and reasonable, which if you've got a solicitor working for you, then that, that's yeah. half the battle. As long as there's one solicitor involved, you should be OK. So I need to go ahead with my solicitor, do I, to make sure 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would, I would definitely. Plus, you want you want to get the advice. I would have thought to make sure that the settlement you're agreeing to is actually fair and reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, I've, he's been divorced before. You see, so he's been through it all. Whereas Got I you. haven't. Got you. So it's new to me. Yeah, um, you definitely then definitely have um have a, have a solicitor, Wendy. It's well worth it, especially after a thirty year marriage. I'm sure that you've got assets there that that you're entitled to. Yeah. Um, and proportionally, the money that you spend on a on an order. Um, or employing a solicitor will be will be worth every penny. Guaranteed. Right. Okay then. All right. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you, Wendy. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I have a very naughty puppy at the moment who's chewing everything. You, Miss Lulu, Captain. I'm going to come to you next. How can I help? Good evening, Tracy. Hello. I've got a couple of questions. One's from Jessica. She tried to get on last night, but she couldn't. Okay. I believe she's in the audience listening. So. Uh, my children's father has a girlfriend with a dangerous dog. The kids have never been to her house or around the dog as they were my boundaries. He's not moved in with her and he's telling me he can do as he wants. He is quite intimidating as and so is his girlfriend. I am worried sick about my children being around the dog, especially with the news right now as it's an AXL bully. Okay. Um, so what what's the what question? Can, what, what can she do? Um, well, I mean, if, if, if the dog is going to be a danger to the children, I think it's obvious what, what she needs to do. Um, I mean, I can't comment on the dog, obviously, but clearly you're not going to want any child to be placed in a dangerous position with regard to a dog. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else I can say about that, really. No, he, he has... They have moved in together. Well, well, then, yeah. She, I mean, look, clearly the, the, the co-parenting's broken down because she's not able to speak to Dad about it, or if she is, then then obviously he's not um, in agreement to her view. Um, and rather than, you know, have something, God forbid, happen to the children, then it may be that, you know, she stops contact. Uh, I, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Because... I don't know the um, validity of her claim. You know, what evidence has she got to suggest that the dog's a dangerous dog? Has anything ever happened? I get that there's stuff in the news, but that doesn't apply to every dog. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a tough one. It is a tough one, yeah. OK. Uh, thanks, Tracy. Uh, this is from Kieran. Yeah. Um, is there any way to oppose a placement order a year after after it was made and there's been no adoptive parents found as of yet? Or, I mean, or interest shown? Yeah, never say never. I mean, it's not it's not a final order, a placement order. It, it's more of an interim measure um, until a decision can be made as to adoption or whether, you know, somebody will actually uh, be found to adopt. So the thing to do, I always say this, is to get social services on side. So ensure that you've got their support in, in the way that you wish to move forward. Um, and, and keep trying, you know, it, it's not a final order at this stage. Both the children have special needs as well, he's just added. Okay, so probably a little bit more hard work um, to prove that uh, we've got all that we need in order to look after the children, that we're fully aware of special needs and what that entails. And generally what social services are looking for is for the parent to demonstrate, you know, if it's up to the parent to really demonstrate. Sometimes parents think, well, social services will tell me what to do. I'm then going to do it and I don't have to do any more than that. And that's not the case. You really do have to sort of demonstrate to, to social services that you know what's needed of you, you know what to do, and you're, and you're more than capable of doing it. OK, thanks, Tracy. And then Fair final point. one for tonight. Yeah. Um, can you please ask how the family court looks at child abduction 
when deciding child custody? Will they grant custody to someone who has committed child abduction in the past? Okay, uh, maybe not custody. And and again, it's really hard um, to answer some of these questions because they're sort of very broad brush and I do need a bit more context to it. Clearly, if somebody hasn't acted well or behaved well in the past and has taken the children away and prevented that child from having a relationship with the other parent, the court will take that into account. But will it prevent that parent from having contact, uh, a shared care order, even custody? Possibly not. Just depends on the... Because the other parent may not be able to have the children full time or, you know, we may have a worse scenario over in that camp. Do you know what I mean? So we would need a bit more context there. But again, I I would say no. If if I just had to answer yes or no, I would say no, because the court's going to put some provisions in place to make sure whatever happened in the past, i.e. abduction, doesn't happen in the future. And there's lots of orders that the court can apply to, to do that. Okay, thanks, Tracy. Harry, how can I help? You are next up. Hello. Hello. Um, a quick question. I, um, My husband is currently separated and having to talk via a parenting app. Yeah. Um, it was my decision to go onto the parenting app originally, um, and he was opposed to it, and then he seemed to be fine about it. However, he started using the parenting app to continue to um, abuse me on there, so verbally, um financially meeting to withholding child maintenance um prior to the child maintenance um kicking in legally because i had to go through a child maintenance um service legally kick in and then because it doesn't kick in until november eventually he's been saying he's not going to provide any support for our child until then um and he's just continuing to use the app to verbally abuse me and emotionally abuse me um we are also going through mediation at the moment, but I guess my question is, if this ends up going to court because he keeps on threatening to take me to court full custody, um, I'm not entirely sure why, but the things that he's putting in the app and the abuse that he's putting in the app, will that be taken into account? Absolutely. And, and the other thing that I would say, Carrie, is that the app is not meant to be used in that way. So don't yeah. feel obliged to sort of persevere. Do you know what I mean? Um, you're going to be able to download what's happened so far um, and if you don't feel that it's appropriate anymore and by the sounds of it it isn't appropriate I would be leaving it there I I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting yourself through that Um, the court certainly wouldn't expect you to put yourself through that okay um if I essentially I had to block him um because he was sending me abuse through text messages and I guess being quite immature sending flirt messages and then saying sorry they're from the wrong they're meant to be for somebody else and just send me various different types of abuse so I had to block him from text um and then change my number as well because the app is the only way that he can communicate with me for my son if I decided to I guess stop all communication unless it was a direct emergency would that be okay absolutely yeah absolutely I mean you know these things happen don't they so absolutely you can okay perfect thank you all right you're welcome thanks Carrie bye thank you bye um R James let me see if I can hear you this time oh hello Hello? I can hear you hello what's your question finally yeah Right. Um, my wife and I, we had two houses, one which we lived in, one which we rented out. Uh, both of the mortgages were in solely my name. Yeah. And uh, so when we split up, she went to the house we were renting 
and I stayed in the house we were in, um, and she was paying me the um, the what the mortgage was, some of the the the, the monthly pay of the mortgage. Yeah. And um, so we we stepped in a, um, a financial order. The financial order was sort of that she has that house, I have this house, and I gave her a lump sum to uh, equal out the the equity. Yeah. Um, the final, final, the financial order has been granted now, and I was told that the the final order wouldn't go through until she had a mortgage of her own, um, for the house that she was in. But in the meantime, I've had an email through now saying that the final order, the decree in has gone through, so we are actually divorced now. So that house is hers, but the mortgage for that house is still in my name. So um, she's in the process of getting a mortgage, but it seems to be kind of dragging on now. So when that mortgage payment is due, now, if where, where would I stand? You know, if um if she if she didn't if she didn't send me the money, now, I'm not saying it definitely will, but if she didn't send me the money now, I'd end up paying two mortgages, and I'd be sort of stuck paying her mortgage. But where do I stand? So the first the first thing I would say is that the decree nice side doesn't mean that you guys are divorced. It's the decree absolute that's going to bring a, an end to the marriage. So if you've only... right, that's what I think it is. The final, the final order. It said on the email it had that you you are now um, officially divorced. It said from the courts. Okay. So so now now the financial consent order kicks in. Um, I mean, yes. strictly speaking, if it's breached, it's breached. So if she if she isn't abiding by that order, then she's she's in breach of that order. Then what you need I to don't... go on. Sorry, I don't think there's anything in that financial order which says. Um, about her getting the mortgage. So There's what? nothing in there. They, um, so it was what? just that that house would, would go to her. There was nothing said regarding the mortgages and there was nothing discussed. I didn't actually have a solicitor. I said it then myself. She had a solicitor. And in the, in the financial order, nothing regarding the mortgage is mentioned. Okay. So well, that, that, yeah. that leaves you with a bit of a pickle, to be fair. Um, I, yeah. I'd, I'd need to have a look at the order because is there literally no provision at all? There's nothing, nothing on there. Um, the actual, um, the actual, the initial um, agreement was that we were going to sell the house that she was living in. Yeah, yeah. That was going to be sold. Yeah. So I think that is mentioning that on the um, the uh, the financial order, but there's nothing actually on there now saying that the in the meantime, if the house hadn't sold, that who, the mortgage has got to go into her name. Yeah, who pays the mortgage? So, yeah, and the mortgage is currently in joint names, is it? No, no, both the mortgages are in my name. Both the houses we had the mortgages in my name, so that's what I'm saying. She's got the she's is she's the official owner yeah. of that house now because uh, because of the financial order. Yeah. And the mortgage is still in my name. Yeah. I know it's, it's a bit of a it's, bit of a it, unusual it, one. It it really is, and and if I'm being completely honest with you, um, I know that you haven't got a solicitor, but I would have hoped that her solicitor would have would have foreseen this. Because obviously, you know, where, where we do so many financial orders, we're used to things going wrong at the last minute. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is one of those. I mean, look, technically, you've got to keep paying that mortgage because it's in your name. If you don't pay it, then, you know, you're going to get a bad credit rating. I would be writing yeah. to her solicitor to say, look, you know, in the event that this could take another 12 months for her to get a mortgage, and I don't know, who knows, then she's going to have to help me with the mortgage payments. She's living there. She's got exclusive use of the property. Now, worst case scenario, if they ignore you or they decide, actually, no, they're not going to do that, you're going to have to take the matter back to court. And what you're asking for is a variation of the order. You're literally asking for it to be tweaked. 
so that until okay. such times as the mortgage is in her name or she is able to get another mortgage and sell the property and move out, etc., that she pays the mortgage or at least contributes towards it. Yeah. It's not yeah, going to be an easy fix this She has been paying for the mortgage. She has been paying towards the mortgage now, but now because oh. she knows that I, I, I'm just speculating it's all it in that sort of worst case scenario. She didn't sort of pay anything to mortgage or she was paying less than she should be paying towards the mortgage. Where would I stand? Because it could, it could come a situation now in a few months where I can't afford to pay that mortgage or, 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 or the whole of the mortgage myself. Well, and it would come to a situation then where yeah, I would get blacklisted when I, whatever, or I'm, uh, I mean, and I'm that, possessed or whatever. Yeah, you, and, that, and you've answered your own question. That's exactly what would happen. If you are not able to pay the mortgage and she doesn't want to pay it, that's exactly what will happen, which is why I think that you've, you've, caught, you've sort of got to tackle it, really. Reach out to her solicitor and say, look, we, we, we need to tweak this somehow. But if by agreement, ideally... Um, what's what's happening? Yeah. You know, so even though, even though it's gone through the courts and it's been agreed and, yeah. and the financial order, yeah. it can still be tweaked if need be, can it? Absolutely. Ideally, you want Happy. to do it by agreement. If there's no agreement, then you have to go back to court, and you have to sort of right. explain the dilemma to the court because the order yeah. falls short of the expectations of the parties, essentially. Yeah. Because the financial order isn't actually. Spot Actually, spot on at the moment because it it says that the the house that she's in now was going to be was going to be sold and she was going to have the um the equity then of that house plus the money that I give her to make up the get fifty fifty equity. Yeah. So the the actual financial order mentions that house being sold. Yeah. Um. So it's we haven't sort of and if she takes over the mortgage of that house and still stays there, we haven't fully sort of. Uh, than exactly what the financial order said. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem to go all the way because where we have an order for sale, which is what you've got, we have to have a timeline. When is it going to be sold? Yeah. You know, is it going to be sold yeah. this year, in six months, in 12 months, when the youngest child turns 18? There has to be a yeah. definitive timeline so we have almost a roadmap of what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, another thing as well. So what, what could I do now? I, I haven't paid because that it was only at the start of this week now that I had a thing for the, the final order. Come through. I, so I've got 28 days now to pay the lump sum. Should I pay that lump sum? I, I no, would, well, I'd be better well, not look, paying I, it. I would be using that as a negotiating tool. I mean, worst case scenario, if you don't pay it, her option is to obviously take it back to court. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, you may you may want that. You may need that. Um, hopefully it won't come to that. But I would use it to negotiate because obviously she wants that. So she there's something there that she needs. But you need something in return. So I would say negotiate first and then potentially it might go to court. But I really hope it doesn't. You know, I'm sure that you guys can settle this outside of court. That would be my hope. Yeah. It's been pretty amicable, so I'm confident it will be as well, yeah. Good, good. Okay. Well, the best of luck with that. Great. Thanks for your help. All right. Thanks. Bye. Chicken Nuggets, have you got a question for me? Yes. Hi. Sorry. I'm in the car. Parked and it's a bit rainy here, so uh, sorry oh. if you can hear the noise. No, that's fine. Um, so basically, we've had a court order for a year now, um, and part of when we went to court, my ex wanted our son's school to be moved. Um, yeah. He currently goes to quite a prestigious private school, which I pay for with a bursary from the school. Yeah. Um, last year, he was completing homework on his evening during the week or his weekend where he has our son from Friday to the Sunday evening. Um, and school basically said, We're gonna, you're going to lose the bursary if he doesn't keep up with the work. And now I feel that he's doing this on purpose, knowing we're going to lose the bursary because he wants the son to be moved from the school. Would this be something that I would um, 
possibly get an, an amendment to the order if I took it back to court with these issues with the letter from the school about this. Have you got a child arrangement order in place at the we've moment? We've got child arrangement. Yeah. Yes. And what does it say? What What does it provide for in terms of the schooling? So I pay everything for the schooling. Um, that's part of the arrangement is that he's at that school because um, he mentioned it in court. They said, no, he has to remain at the school unless my financial situation changed and I yeah. could no longer provide for him to be at the school. Yeah. So what so what you're but, saying is that when he's with dad, dad's not keen on him doing the homework. So therefore, yeah. there's, there's a risk that he may he may have to leave the school because of that. Yeah. OK. Um, are you and dad able to co-parent? I take it not. If no. You're, oh, no, okay. no, I'm not. OK. Um, it might be then that, you know, because clearly you want your son to stay there. Is it an option to change when your son sees dad? so that he's with you more of the school nights? And not unless it was by the court. I'd have to go back to court to ask that. OK. I think that, that may then be the solution. If you're not able to co-parent with Dad and agree things amicably between you both, um, you, you don't want to risk your son being asked to leave the school. It may be then that you have no. to go back. And I think a logical solution would be... Um, if, if it's fair, of course, and if it's in the child's best interest, for you to have more of the uh, nights where the homework has to be done. How old is your son? Yeah, um, he's 11. 11. OK, so still a little bit young for the voice to be heard, um, but but not that yeah. young um, still. Um, would, would, okay. it, would it mean a major adjustment to the contact pattern if, if you were to put something um, like that in place? Would that be a major adjustment? Possibly. Um, he only sees more alternative and one evening during the week at oh, the moment. So it would nice. mean probably him missing more time. So w would it work if, let's say, he was returned earlier on a Sunday just to make sure that the homework was done? Uh, yeah, that could work. That yes. could work. So because I think that the prospects of success lie in sort of su suggesting to the court that we, we just need to tweak. You know, we're not trying okay. to deprive of yeah. any of any substantial contact. It's just no. that, and it might be actually that the court directs that the child gets the homework done whilst in father's care. You know, it might. Well, be that, that was in the court previously that like yeah. uniform had to be washed and homework had to be done, but he he's not doing. He doesn't it. follow. Then, then I think the writing's on the wall, isn't it? I think ultimately you're going to be looking to maybe have the child back a little bit earlier on the Sunday so that you can get all the bits and pieces done. He's left you with no choice yeah. by the sounds. Okay. All right. That's very helpful. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Blonde Princess, let me try you again. Can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now, yes. What's, um, oh, perfect. what's your question? Oh, so I have a couple of questions. Yeah. So um, my uh, so my husband predominantly has a court order, um, and I spoke a little while ago about this, um, but sort of things have moved on a little bit now. In the order originally, it was... Um, stated that we are to do the pickups of a Friday for, directly from school, from school or make provisions and mum is to collect from our property on a Sunday. We actually drive an extra seven miles to drop them off on a Sunday to her to make it a little bit easier. Yeah. And then on a Friday, we meet, we meet his parents halfway because they're retired and it's the only time that they get to see the children because um, we sort of moved out of area a little bit. Um, so they've sort of said, can we pick them up from school when we'll meet up halfway, which is fine. So we do 20, I think it's 25 miles to where we pick them up. And then obviously 25 miles back on top of the seven miles each way on a Sunday. She's now said this is unacceptable, um, that, we're, that we expect her to do all the running around. 
would a court see it as fair if we're doing um obviously this friday pickup and you know driving a little bit on a sunday to drop them off to her would they see it as change and she wants us to drive halfway back to her to drop the children off so i think the court's priority is going to be to ensure that the children are having a relationship with both parents typically yeah. who's doing the driving and the journeys they 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 try to leave that to to sort out between the parents um and yeah. and i've heard many a judge sort of when the parents bring this up in court and say well we're only going to do halfway blah 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 the, some judges will just throw it back to the parents and say look you just sort that out between yourselves um, and you would hope yeah. that the co-parenting would, would allow that. So I suspect the court's not going to make a judgment call on what's fair in terms of distance covered. What the court will consider okay. if, let's say, one parent maybe can't afford to do that. Be, you know, I've, I've, okay. had, I've had a few cases where perhaps one of the parents say, I don't mind doing the journey. However, I'm going to need some help with the petrol money because, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sort of on benefits and I just can't afford to go. We already pay her money, money to cover the petrol costs. So okay. she wants that extra money and then she wants us to then do the pickup on the Friday yeah. and then again halfway on a Sunday. Yeah, so it, it's clearly unreasonable and, and I think that you just need to stand your ground really. It's not it's not a legal issue. It's not something that I would say to you make a court application for. Um, it's just finding a way, a workaround, dealing with an unreasonable individual, you know, that's... Um, yeah. That's the bottom line, right? And that's probably not very helpful at all because I'm stating the obvious. But because there's no sort of legal remedy, I don't really know what else to say, if I'm honest. No, that's fine on that. And and on my second question is, um, so my husband has um, sort like legal legal advice on this um, from a barrister about she in as of January she doesn't want to stick to this court order. Um, and one question that he forgot to ask on the day was, so we were advised by the barrister to serve her with a letter, basically saying, you know, we want to stick to this court order. And unless there's a real specific reason um, why it needs to change, we, you know, we won't change it. How far in advance would you say is fair to serve someone with a letter? Do we serve it right at the last minute in a hope of a breach and then we can take her back for an enforcement order? or serve it a little bit before to give her the opportunity to basically kick off again and us still with her behaviour. I would be transparent, always be transparent. You you don't want to sort of play games where you could be criticised by the court for not giving enough notice. So, you mm -hmm. know, as, as much notice as you possibly can give, Look, if she kicks off and starts to be unreasonable, it's just another string to your bow, really. It's just another example mm. to the court of how difficult, um, you know, she is to deal with. Yeah. And if she had specifically asked for what is in the court order now for a mediation, would that be frowned upon by the court that she now wants to change it again? No, no, because people will, will routinely ask for changes and then changes again, depending on their circumstances and what's going on in their life. So so that's, that's okay. Um, when you mention mediation, do you mean that she wants to do mediation? No, so they went to mediation um, prior to court. So my husband had to file for an enforcement order because she'd stopped him from seeing the children completely. He filed for an enforcement order. And on the back of that, she was like, no, 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 let's go to mediation. And everything that has been put in this court order is what she has asked for. Okay. And now we're like eight months down the line 
and because I think she's realised it doesn't suit like her holiday requirements, she's like, no, I need to change it again. Okay. Which we spoke to the children at the weekend, and we said, you know, do you want to? Ch are you happy? Do you want to change anything? And they're like, no. If we change this again, it's going to be more confusing. So, so, so think, we're in a bit of a predicament. Well, not really, because you're not in agreement to it. So if you're not in agreement to it, then she has to make an application to the court, doesn't she? So, so there's no predicament, yeah. really. You don't agree. It's as simple as that. And then if she makes an application to the court to vary an existing child arrangements order and you still don't agree, then your husband can let the court know why and why it's not in the children's <laughs> best interest and why it doesn't work and why maybe he's got no confidence that another change will actually be sustainable. Yeah. And would they take into consideration our, our arrangement, like our home circumstances to when a certain, considering to a certain degree, that? To a certain degree. The court is not going to go into the level of detail, I think, that you would want them to. You know, ultimately, the Child Arrangements um, Act is very clear. Um, sorry, the Children's Act is very clear in that it wants the children to have a relationship with both parents. That's it. So, you know, the court yeah. doesn't really want to get involved in the co-parenting and the nitty gritty that's involved. Because the thing is, the court isn't going to be able to control all elements. It's not going to be able yeah. to, you're never going to get a child arrangements order that is going to work seamlessly and without issue. Generally, they'll break down where we have no co-parenting, where the co-parenting has broken down, then the child arrangements order breaks down. And that's what's happened in your case. There, there is no co-parenting. No, and that's what's really difficult. I mean, obviously, the, bar the other barrister did look over it and she said, as for court orders, as for court orders, this is a really... Um, like easy court order to follow it's so like you can't really go wrong it's it's crazy right okay well i think just just sit back be be, be firm in your position and then see what she does yeah okay perfect thank you very much yes, pleasure bye bye uh t1993 you are next how can i help hello hello what's your question um yeah um, so we went, we've got a child arrangement order in place, had it um, in place since October last year. So on a Wednesday, he gets one hour with my daughter. I have to do pickups and drop-offs. And then in September, it should have changed because his other daughter starts school. So he was to come and collect my daughter. Yeah. But um, he said on the Sunday before he should have collected and said that he can't do that time anymore and I need to change the times. Okay, so what's your question of me? So um, my daughter goes to lessons and then she has a like a group to go through, a nursery group to go on a Wednesday. So I can't do any earlier than the time that was given through court. Well, I could possibly do an extra half hour, which is what I said to him. He wants to just pick her up and go to a park instead of going to his house. So I don't know where I stand on that. He's saying I have to just drop all her groups and basically do as he says. So you have a court order in place already, is that right, in respect of yeah. your daughter? Yeah, so you follow the court order. Yeah, so that's um, so the time stay the same. And then the court did say to give him an extra, like, half hour beforehand so that it could um, accommodate travel allowance for him to get from my house to his house with her. So that's, I, that's why I said he could have, like, from half two till before instead of three till four. Right. And he's saying, no, he can't, them times don't work with him. I have to do a different time. Well, if you're not able to accommodate his request, then, and he can't do what the court order says, uh, then he's going to have to go back to court and request a variation to the order. Yeah, it's just because he was saying that um, if we went back to court, they'd, say I had to accommodate his timing because he, could, he can't do any other times. 
and that the classes that she does in groups don't don't matter basically they should just automatically be dropped for her to see her dad at any time he wants but but you can't do the times that he wants so i don't understand why he doesn't apply that same principle to you so basically he's yeah. saying the court will give me what i want but they won't give you what you want so basically and, and, yeah yeah and 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 obviously i'm going to tell you that he's talking um rubbish so uh, you know if you can't if you can't accommodate and you're not able to to you know sort of give a little bit and and uh, accommodate his times you can't do it can you i mean i can't take it any further than that really right. yeah that's fine yeah i just wanted to see where i stand on that that's all brilliant okay thank you then bye thank you very much for that. bye thank you mate uh, um jamie i'm going to come to you next how can I help, Jamie? Um, basically, Hello. it's around, I have, um, I see my kids. I had a moment in the agreements every other weekend and every other Monday. I'm pushing for more custody of my children. But one of the big issues I've got at the moment is around parental alienation. Yeah. Um, and the difficulty I'm having is, um, like today, for example, every Wednesday is agreed that I have FaceTime with them. Um so I was speaking to my son on FaceTime. She's removed the phone from him, um, cut the FaceTime call, call off and basically made him call me on his iPad. We had issues with the microphone. Eventually, I got through. Um, and one of the activities we like to do together is he likes to play Minecraft, so I will join him on Minecraft to play with him. Now, one of the big issues is because I, I pay the house mortgage, and I also pay CMS. CMS have reduced my amount because I pay the mortgage to the house yeah. that they live in. Um, so she's taken this really bitterly and she's used that as ammunition against me by because obviously he needed to update his application so I could play with him on Minecraft. She refused outright by saying, mummy can't do it because daddy's cut mummy's money so mummy can't pay for it. And I've tried to explain, Jane, it's a free application you just need to update in google store well i'm not doing that until you saw out evie's ipad my son was getting physically upset he's got special educational needs as well because he's got autism so he doesn't understand as well he's six he's quite he's quite perceptive but obviously he does struggle somewhat with situations like that because he doesn't understand the background to it and she's using our finance like our financial uh our financial situation as ammunition to prevent me from having activities with my children. Now, this is not the first incident of parental alienation. This is becoming a common pattern. And I know it's very difficult to be able to prove parental alienation. And I don't know what steps I have to take in the fact that I've tried, I've tried discussing this with her to say, you can't say these comments, you can't say certain comments in front of the children. You can't do this. What happens between me and you? must be kept separate from the children we can't we have to isolate the children from our disagreements and we must communicate either via letters or text message so but I none think, of this can be brought up in front of the children because it's a form of parental alienation yeah I but she still continues so what you need to do jamie what you need to be doing is because obviously there's lots and lots of examples there and i appreciate that, you, that you're trying to give me as much context as you possibly can which is great you just need to yeah. be logging all of this. 
So you I need do. to be. I log everything. But but then but then you also need to be communicating that to her. Not that you're looking for any kind of remedy or any kind of resolve, but you're almost logging it and putting the position to her. You know, logging it, putting the position to her, and all you can do over time is just build build upon that. So that you actually, not only have you kept a sort of a diary or a log, but you're almost putting her on notice constantly of where you think further alienation is happening. And then eventually you're going to get to a stage where you then go armed with all of this information and take some advice from a solicitor as to what you can then do. Yeah, so because the current format, so the current format I'm doing is basically, I'll write it out in a letter, send her the letter. Write out a letter, send her the letter, and just keep records of all the letters I'm sending her. Okay. So for every incident that occurs, so would you say that's a good format to follow? Yeah, absolutely. It's basically just as long as as long as you're letter, not sending to her. as long as you're not sending letters daily, and um, please don't do that. You know, I I would. I know. Say, so once a fortnight. Yeah, or once a month. Saying so no, it's not. It's not continuous. Yeah, that's it's fine. It's basically I'll I'll let I'll let a series of events occur. Log it all in one letter. Send the series of events to her. If she responds, she responds, which she doesn't. But I keep the letter and the date that I've sent it to her. That's absolutely And it's usually fine. two then, to three weeks yeah. every letter gets sent. And then eventually, sent. Jamie, then what you're going to do is you're going to seek some advice from a solicitor as about the next way to go forward, OK? Yeah. How long... How long sorry, uh, this is just the final question. How long do you reckon that I should progress... Like, until I progress it to a legal form? Like, how, how, how long this chain of evidence should I... It's Glit. it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I, I would I would speak to a solicitor about what you have already because whilst you're communicating that to her, it's helpful to actually see uh, uh, what the examples are. I know you've given me a couple, yeah. um, but I think that you know if they're really severe examples, you may not need to do it for long, a couple of months. You know, if they're not well, that severe, it's it, a couple it four and a half be. years of this stuff. So oh, I think, yeah, I think Jamie, that that's that's long enough, isn't it? I mean, you know, how much longer do you need to do this for, really? So I, th I think now's the time to probably seek some advice. Yeah. Okay. Right. No worries. Lovely. Bye. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Bye. Yes. Bye. Bye. Um, guys, I'm going to call it an evening. It's five past seven. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining me in the Discord. Um, as I said last night. Um, Honestly, you don't know how much your questions, I know that you feel that the answers help you guys, but also you asking questions, it really does help other people. So thank you so much for joining me in the Discord. Um, I'm going to be back on Tuesday, the 10th of October. I'm going to go into the autumn with a slightly new routine. I'm going to do half six to half seven. I'm, I'm just conscious that by the time I get to half six normally, we get really busy in Discord and particularly on the TikTok. So I think that if we start, started slightly later and finished slightly later, that it might actually give people more of an opportunity to get on. I appreciate that six or seven can be a busy time if you're trying to get kids fed and bathed and into bed. So I'm going to push it back slightly. So half six to half seven. We're going to stick to the Tuesdays and the Thursdays and um, we're going to pick that up as of the 10th of October. I'm away until then. Apologies for all the background noise. I can't even imagine what this podcast is going to sound like with my three little pups who have just played constantly all evening. Um, so thank you, guys. Speak to you again in two weeks' time. Until then, take care. Bye. <laughs>